If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wearing a men's warehouse outfit makes you confident, like you could do anything. So you dance like no one is watching, even though everyone is watching. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you interview like the job is already yours because it is. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you golf as if the rules don't apply to you because you're too well-dressed for rules. Because of the men's warehouse outfit. At Men's Warehouse, get measured, get fitted, get hot, get confident in everything from tailored suits to underwear and all the stuff in between. Love the way you look at Men's Warehouse. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bike Radar podcast. My name is Simon Bromley, I'm a technical writer for Bike Radar and I am joined by our lovely head of video, Felix Smith. Hello. And our senior technical editor, Tom Marvin. Hello there, Simon, how are you doing? Very good, thank you, Tom. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit of the riding that we've been doing since the COVID restrictions in the UK have eased ever so slightly. We've been very excited to get back out into the real world and do lots of lovely riding, most of it social distanced, but nevertheless, it's been lots of fun. So Felix, why don't you kick us off? What have you been up to? Sure, well, uh, I've been doing... I guess a lot of the things I've wanted to do for a long time, um, which is yeah, a bit of bike packing, a bit of adventure riding, um, nothing too uh, crazy in terms of distances or anything like that, but just sort of getting used to sleeping outside and sort of getting up, having a small bike to eat and then riding the next day, something that I really enjoy doing. And so we live in we live in Bristol and you live in South Bristol, don't you, Felix? So where, where have you been riding? Yeah, being sort of South Bristol is quite good because the Mendips are pretty close by. So I've been, yeah, getting getting straight out of the city and down onto the Strawberry Line, which is a lovely little gravel path, traffic-free. You know, it kind of goes along with the sort of bikepacking style. You're not going out for full-on big efforts. Um, so you can just take a relaxed pace. Um, but yeah, there's, there's quite a few places down that way, some common land where you can kind of find a little patch to, to, to find a, somewhere to sleep. Do you just like rock up and just find somewhere kind of pretty or do you have it pre-planned of where you're going? I do tend to pre-plan a little bit, um, as much as, you know, it's quite nice to not have too many plans with these things, but, 
Um, I think, yeah, you've, I think it's worth noting that, that it's it's important to really consider where you're going to bed down for the night. So there's quite a few restrictions on that in, in England and Wales particularly. Um, so yeah, I've got like a, a little spot that I've, I've done, uh, I've, I've kind of used this little spot in the past quite a few times and I, I know it's safe and, and, uh, you know, I can just about find a, a flat area in the dark. How far away is it from, uh, from Bristol? How far do you actually go? Like 10k, 20k? Uh, it's 35 kilometers, my little spot, um, and relatively flat. So the strawberry line again is, it's a, it's a, an old railway track. So there's hardly any climbing in it. Um, which is, which is really nice. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of enough to do on a school night and stay relatively fresh for day, day of work the next day. That sounds really good, Felix. And so I guess that's quite good as well for a bit of social distancing, isn't it? If you want to get 35 kilometres out of the city, that's that's very distance, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's certainly certainly a nice way to get away from the city. Yeah. Well, Tom, I know you've, if anyone follows Tom on Instagram, will know he's been doing some very primo riding recently. So Tom, why don't you tell us about what you've been up to? Well, I've been a, I've been a very lucky boy. Uh, I, uh, with a little bit of trepidation, I have to admit, I, I ventured across the channel onto the onto the continent uh, and went to my my favourite country of France. Um, I am slightly obsessed with France, among various other strange things. I, I, I really bloody love France, um, and so I, I go every year, multiple times usually. And I've got a friend who runs um, a bike holiday company out there it's called bike village it's excellent um this is my 17th year in a row i've been going to bike village actually um that's great and uh, so i i headed out there i did a quite a nice little trip actually so it's um usually the, the sort of the, the holidays are like a, a saturday to saturday so i actually headed off on the thursday morning um took the ferry across to calais uh, and moseyed across the north of france a little bit camped up there uh, and then headed south um, found a lovely little campsite for the second night and did a. Uh, I took my road bike as well as my mountain bike. Um, so I had, I was away for 11 days and I rode nine of them, which I was pretty happy with. Um, and a good mix of mountain biking and um, some really nice road rides. Um, on the way home, I passed past uh, an area called uh, the Auverge or the Auverge. I'm very, as much as I love France, I can't pronounce <laughs> stuff very well. Um, but it's a load of uh, extinct volcanoes uh, near Clermont-Ferrand in the centre of France. Utterly stunning. Absolutely beautiful place to ride. So, yeah, had um, a really nice couple of uh, week, 10 days away. Great. And did, were, you, were you testing any new kit or just riding some of your favourite bikes? What were, you, what were you using, Tom? Uh, so it was genuine holiday. Um, I quite often go abroad and, and take test kit and test bikes. Um, but this year... Um, I took my long-term mountain bike, which is a Hope HB130. Um, so you'll have seen bits and pieces on Bike Radar, all about that. So I took that out. Um, I actually took a, a spare pair of forks as well to sort of do a bit of back-to-back between um, an Olin's um, and uh, the latest Pike Ultimate. Um, and I also took a road bike that I have squirreled away in my garage Um Shall I say which it's, it's a Ribble Endurance? Um, we saw it on nice. your in, we saw it on your Instagram, didn't we? So it's public uh, knowledge. It's public knowledge that um, <laughs> I've slightly stolen a test bike for a little while, um, and it's hands down one of the most beautiful bikes I think I've ever had the pleasure of riding. Like 
I had so many, like all the people on, on this holiday who I met were all mountain bikers. And I think pretty much every single one of them commented on how beautiful this road bike is. It's kind of like a baby blue carbon. It's got drop seat saves because it's fashionable. It's got deep carbon wheels, Ultegra Di2, like a an integrated stem cockpit handlebar thing, like quite aggressive. Uh, I'm smitten. Yeah, I think it's universally quite well liked that bike. And I know that we've reviewed a number of specs on bikeradar.com and generally always perform pretty well. So, yeah, if you want to check out that bike, that's uh, I think it's the Ribble Endurance, isn't it? And mm-hmm. one of the newer models. And, yeah, really, really nice bike. So do check that out uh, on bikeradar.com. So I've got a, a strong feeling it's going to be in my garage for a, a few <laughs> more weeks yet. <laughs> yeah, as long as, the, as long as the sunshine remains, I guess. Yeah, or, or Ribble, don't ask for it back. <laughs> One or two. <laughs> All right, well, we'll stop talking about it then, just in case they get any ideas. Um, what have you been doing, Simon? What have you been getting up to? So, obviously, you know, we've, it's been nice to do a few rides with friends, so Felix and, and Jack Luke and, and Joe Norledge, formerly of Bike Radar's YouTube channel, RIP. RIP. Um, so that, that's been very nice, but I've also been doing the, uh, Wednesday evening time trials down at Chew Valley Lake, uh, with Bristol South, uh, Bristol South Cycling Club. And that's been lots of fun. And Felix has joined for what, at least one of those, I believe. I have. Yep. Yeah. I I actually, uh, well, did no changes to my, uh, Cannondale Synapse endurance bike that I've been riding recently, but I certainly did try and get a bit aero. That was, it was pretty tough though. (laughs) <laughs> I have to admit, 20, 20 minutes of, or 22 minutes in my case, of f- full-on riding. It's not something you do sort of every day, definitely. So, well, I don't. Uh, so it's quite fun to yeah, really hurt myself. But you, you've you've done really well, Simon. Um, you know, I haven't seen you in your race mode before, so I was really <laughs> impressed with your, your times. Oh, well, yeah, I've done okay. Like, I, I have, you know, I've been sort of finishing in the in the top three, but, like, proper fast people keep turning up, so I can't. I can't seem to get I can't seem to get a win because someone with someone with a lot of power seems to keep turning up every week to to snatch it away from me. But um but yeah, I've been I've been riding my um my Planet X Exocet 2 TT bike which I recently did a feature on again on bikeradar.com. You should check that out if you haven't seen it. But um but obviously yeah, that's been really fun. As as you say, not not everyone's seen me in race mode before and you know, like any kind of loser, I take it all way too seriously. <laughs> Uh, you know, and even though it's just a kind of ultimately a meaningless midweek bit of fun, I take all the kit. I take my turbo trainer. I warm up properly. You know, I, I take it all way too seriously. So, um, but yeah, but hey, it has been it has been fun. If you're at the sharp end of it, Simon, that that's uh, to- I think if you were coming in last, you know, like I mean, everyone, even if you are the sort of person who comes in last, you're totally it's totally legit to um, do the full race experience, do all the warming up, get all the things, but. I, I, I think it's more. Um, you look less, less. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm yes. desperate. You know I'm what I'm trying to say. Tom. I do know what you're trying to say, and I'm far more desperate than I think anyone else is there. But um, <laughs> I've but, seen yeah. photos of you doing it though, Simon. You do look very, very professional, and your bike is obviously um, a proper TT bike, which I assume doesn't comply to any UCI rule. Um, uh, actually, does I, think, it? I think my one probably my one probably does uh, because it's kind of of that age where they most of the t- most of the kind of tt triathlon bikes hadn't gone full bongo so mm-hmm. yeah it probably it probably it probably is in within uci regulations okay. um but yeah like you know 
I work for Bike Radar, so I, I'm, I've got all the kit. <laughs> but, I was going to say, have you, had a, have you had a chance to head down to the workshop and, and dig out some of the bikes from? Because we have a, a, a tri magazine. Immediate Media um, has a, a triathlon magazine. Um, I'm not going to say which one it is because I'll probably get the wrong name. It's 220 really triathlon, isn't it? T220, there we go. Yeah. Um, but there, so there, there must be some pretty bonkers TT bikes down there, which uh, I'm sure you could sling a leg over. Yeah, we'd like. Maybe to you'll do- get your win then. Maybe that. Maybe yeah, that's the key. I know. We'd like to do that. I, f- I think that that's definitely something that we're going to look forward to. To you know, hopefully, to maybe to do either you know something this year or maybe next year. But for for sure, I know Hill Climb Diaries was a very popular YouTube series. So there might be something we can do around TT Diaries. Oof. And I would love to ride one of the kind of crazy UCI legal Cervelos or Diamondbacks or something. It would be. I would genuinely be interested to see how much faster they are than a kind of traditional double triangle time trial frame bike. So, yeah, I mean, I guess Felix is maybe the person to comment on that, but he won't want to give away his plans, I'm sure. <laughs> Top secret. Top secret. Good, good fun stuff in, in the makings along those lines. So, yeah, now, now, like, you know, this whole podcast is about being able to get out there a little bit more and, and filming. You know, we've had some restrictions, but, yeah, certainly got some fun, fun diaries plans. Felix, I, I, uh, you were talking about having a little mini adventure. It reminded me of probably about nine years ago when I first moved to Bristol, or maybe seven years ago. I had a little uh, mini adventure where I set off after work. Mm. I cycled down the um, strawberry line, it was as well, um, and bivvied in, it was in an apple orchard uh, with a friend. Um, and we thought it was pretty legit because obviously apple trees don't need like farming every day. Um, obviously, we woke up. Uh, on the one day when the farmer needed to uh, do his farming, we, we had to run away very quickly from uh, a slightly disgruntled farmer who wasn't particularly um, enamoured with our, our presence in his orchard. Um, but I, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I hope you haven't had this experience, I woke up in the middle of the night with a slug on my forehead, um, <laughs> which wasn't the most uh, pleasant way to wake up in the morning. But I, I we cycled home, and I got home, and I, I checked out my, my forehead. And I'd been a spotty teenager, uh, but by that point, I'd, I'd moved past the old acne stage of my life. But I had two of the biggest zits on my head I've ever seen, just where the slug had been, just above my eyebrow. Um, so I, I'm assuming that the slug slime was somewhat com- <laughs> somewhat connected to the uh, the spotty nature of my uh, my poor forehead by that point. Have you uh, have you had any uh, fun little? Uh, things like that you, you certainly get down to nature don't you when you're sleeping on the floor <laughs> yeah. um last time i had an, uh, a young owl that was well a few trees away from me and that was hooting mm-hmm. all, all night so uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> made sleeping quite difficult um i'm also one thing i've noticed and i haven't it hasn't been the case the whole time for me you know since only a few years ago and that's that insects like to bite me and I don't react very well <laughs> I I had 17 bites on me the first time I went out <laughs> and uh, several of them like really swelled up big and um, and you know incredibly itchy but it, I, I went um bike packing out in Japan uh, a few years ago there's a video on that actually in the, on the YouTube channel did a little search for um but Ever since that trip, I got um, really badly bitten by some kind of strange insect, and uh, I, I got like seriously big, sort of almost like bruise-like 
welts on my on my legs and they were super painful uh yeah so whether or not it's related to, to that and my body's just sort of saying no don't know. So have you become more sensitive to insects since then? Well, it does seem that way, yeah. And I, I went to Australia and New Zealand and, and got bitten by the beasties out there too. But <laughs> whether or not I'm slightly uh, allergic now, I don't know. There you go. Do we have any tips? Do we have any tips for bite radar listeners? There's surely people out there who think the same. What can they do? Yes, well, I, I'm lucky I've got a bivy bag which has a mosquito net. Obviously, if you don't have one of these, I'd recommend getting just one for your head, especially. Um, like a, that, just, would have, that would have saved Tom, wouldn't it? That, that would have saved Tom, yeah, even slug attacks. <laughs> Multi-use there. But yeah, um, also um, I've got some uh, Bushman, which is a, something I got out in New Zealand. It's, it's basically an a insect repellent, but it's super strong and it's, it's 80% DEET, which... You know, I wouldn't recommend using all the time because it's really bad for you. Um, <laughs> but it does certainly help. Uh, so, yeah, get get something strong like that and that will help. It's helped me anyway in the, in the last few, few little bushwhacking adventures I've done. Apart from um, about Simon, you're, you're TTing. Have you do you do it? Do you do any training for that TT stuff? What's your other sort of kind of riding? You can't just be doing 20 minutes once a week, right? No, I'm not just doing 20 minutes once a week. And actually, that's been a bit of a shock to the system, hasn't it? Because I think we've all been riding pretty casually. Since all the racing got cancelled, we've all been riding pretty casually. So sort of 20 minutes at 100% effort has been a bit of a shock to the system. But but yeah, so, you know, I tend to do a mix of kind of general road riding, what I, what I guess most people would call base training would, you know, so sort of zone two, maybe even up to zone three with friends and things like that. And then, you know, you might do efforts up the hills. Um, but I do a bit, I do a mix of indoor training as well. I, f- I find, especially for the time trialing, doing uh, targeted intervals on Zwift at threshold and above threshold, very, very useful for time trials. You know, you've just, it, there's no getting away from it that if you want to, get better at riding hard and fast you need to go out and ride hard and fast don't you i, I think it, it's you know i don't do anything complicated i try and rest and sleep well but you know i'm not as fit as i've been in the past but that's mostly due due to a lack of volume i think <laughs> yeah. can i just say uh, sorry button in there For one of the first rides i went with you simon um must have been back in the winter and uh, you bonked pretty hard <laughs> yeah. on the way yeah, back I from Wales. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Coming yeah. over the bridge and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe, <laughs> yeah, t- times have certainly changed from that, though. I'd, oh, uh, no, that, that, happens from, that happens from time to time, especially, like, you know, I mean, those, those, who, those who have ever seen a picture of me, I'm, I'm a very thin person, so I'm kind of like, especially in winter, I, I, I think I burn a lot of calories just from trying to stay warm and... Uh, you know, I, I eat a lot on the bike too. I, it, when I go out with friends, you know, no one else seems to eat on the bike, but I'm constantly eating bananas and energy bars and, you know, all of these sorts of things. And I, yeah, I'm kind of always on the edge of, of collapse, it seems. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not able to eat as much porridge as Jack Luke can, I guess. <laughs> you should uh, ride with uh, our colleague Seb. Um, okay, so he's, he's maybe not going to do a time trial and you might not want to go and do an enduro, but he is another <laughs> person who... I am aghast at how much he consumes on a ride. <laughs> I can never understand. I'm, I'm kind of the opposite, you know, like I, I tend yeah. not to eat very much when I'm riding. And, you know, like, all, you know, he's very fast and, very, you know, like, this is not like a, well, you, you bugger, but, you know, like, but he eats a lot. <laughs> he yeah. eats a lot when he rides. 
So yeah, so I yeah I, I I do you know I do find especially the indoor training is really good for time trialing because you know you need to do a lot of the more specific you can make your training the better and you do need to do the training in the time trial position and obviously that's quite dangerous to it's quite dangerous to go out on the time trial bike on the open roads and do kind of max effort intervals um, especially around you know a city like Bristol so I do find it to be a bit better on the turbo but um, but yeah generally you know the kind of for me, the base of any kind of training program is is kind of, you know, you've got to build the pyramid from the bottom. So you tend to do, you're going to have to do more zone zone two, zone three work, and then, you know, a little bit more threshold and then a little bit more above that. You know, there are some people who kind of swear by their six hours of VO2 max training a week, but, you know, I've tried that. And, it, and if, if I do that every week, I just burn out in a matter of, in a matter of weeks. And so it, it doesn't really work for me. Yeah. Well, well, anyway, when are we going to see you at the time trials, Tom? That's 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 the kind of question I've been wanting to <laughs> oh, ask. Oh, wow. Well, I've got this fancy uh, fancy road bike now, haven't I? I don't know. There was, um, there was a, I noticed an email chain went through, um, it must be about six weeks ago with yourself, Simon, and uh, a couple of guys from the commercial team about a, uh, a Swift team time trial. And you might have noticed, Simon, I didn't reply to that email. That, that quickly sank through my inbox. Yeah, <laughs> I did notice that. Utterly, utterly grim. Um, I got a real thing, like, you, you want time trial is obviously one of the few types of racing that's actually happening this year at the moment, which I think is amazing. Um, I was lucky to do uh, the first round of the Welsh Cross Country Series back in February, March. I think it was about a week or two weeks before the sort of lockdown. And that was, from my knowledge, one of the last races to have happened, um, mountain bike races to have happened in the UK. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I see time trials and I sort of think that's the only um, time trial sort of road racing I do. I, I was um, I rode up a, a hill in, in France. I don't know if, it, if I mentioned it, but I went to France recently. You may have briefly touched on it. <laughs> but I was, um, I, was on a, I was on another longish climb and um, I saw this old guy in, in the distance and he was going up in a very classic um, old French man style with a cadence of about 36. You know, he was really <laughs> grinding away. And I used to have sort of quite a low cadence, but I've had a few knee problems with um, maybe I haven't ridden too much recently. So I've been spinning a bit more recently, which is which is good. Um, so I, I, I passed him on the way up and I, I was sort of chilled. I wasn't racing at the hill. It was, it was a long climb. Anyway, towards the top, he sort of pulled up back alongside me. I think he'd been trailing my wheel a little bit and pulled up and we had a little stunted conversation in French, which was very pleasant. Um, he commented on my fast pedaling. I commented on how strong his legs must be. Uh, but he asked me if I'd do any racing and I said... Oh, I said, oh, I'll do mountain bike racing because um, road racing on, on tarmac just scares the hell out of me. I think it's ridiculously dangerous. You know, it's high speeds. Uh, you, you know, you can fall off with just the merest clip of a wheel in a bunch. It's, it's something you don't really experience in mountain biking. Um, so road racing or curly bard racing generally tends to terrify me. I'll do a gravel race, but time trialing is something that I would actually consider, I think. Um, I like that sort of purist... Um, attitude of it. I enjoy track cycling. I've done a, a, a bit of that in my time and I really like sort of that more, yeah, that kind of, uh, yeah, pure natural way of racing. And uh, so, yeah, maybe one day, maybe one yeah, day. Yeah, it's, it's quite accessible, isn't it, Felix? I mean, have you, had you done any time trials before this most recent one? Um, yeah, I had actually done this one race last year, the same series. And yeah, like you say, it's really, really accessible. And um, I mean, I, I, I turned up on a gravel bike with a dynamo wheel, uh, you know, light shining away. Um, and 
you know, it was a Safety bit of fun. Safety first, Felix. <laughs> yeah, you certainly you certainly don't need a full time trial bike to turn up and do a time trial, do you? You don't. You don't. I mean, there are some fast people that that ride it, but you know, equally, it is it's a Wednesday evening, a bit of fun. You know, to see see what you can do, um, and I, I think I like that as well about time trials is that you know you've got a camaraderie, you've got a race spirit, but in, at the end of of your ride, you're, you're comparing yourself to yourself and especially if you've done one before you can start seeing a pattern um emerge with, with your riding which is quite cool cool well yeah so if you are interested or inspired by any of that you can you know i would consult your local club or you can go to the cycling time trials website just google cycling time trials and, and you can usually look for a kind of there should be you know a few in your local area now and and yeah it's been I think we've all enjoyed the kind of easing of the lockdown restrictions and being able to get get back out on our bikes. It's it, you know it's, it's a real privilege. I think we've all been very happy to do it. So thank you very much to Felix. Thank you. Thanks for listening to me, Whitterell. Thanks very much, Tom. That's all right. Thank you for listening to my ever never-ending stories of France. Maybe I really wonderful. like France. Maybe wonderful, Tom. Maybe we'll start a, a Bike Radar France podcast. Oh, we could. I could do it on Francaise. <laughs> well, we'll get some lessons. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's probably all we got time for. So thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a review or leave us any comments wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.